Welcome to the motherfucking Dark Stream Podcast. I'm Darth Rictus. I'm Darth Zero. Darth Camgentes. And just we're so, yeah, just so you know, this is the universe where you started on that delay thought, so everything you think right now is extra dimensional. Probably, yeah. Yep. Too many death sticks to understand what the hell you just said. But yep. anyway, early access. We got it. What up? We are the chosen ones now. Wizards let us get on there and beat Saffron Olive to death. And you Frank really Karsten. That, Frank you? Karsten. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple of dubs against some pros or semi-pros, as it were. Okay. Saffron Olive is, is not a pro. Semi-pro. Olive is an entertainer. Yeah, he's a great entertainer. He's semi-pros occasionally, though. I've seen him go for the competitive shit every so often just because. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Early access. Fun times. What, uh, what do you think we uncovered so far, Zero? For, well, of what we played. White still looks like a viable deck to do an aggro thing and just gained a few little cards to improve it. Not, nothing too drastic a change that I saw. Maybe well, battle. Well, are we talking the white build we had with tokens? Because that was a drastically different white build than most mid-range. I'm referring just generically to white aggro, not the ones that was specifically played with the tokens. Okay, okay. So I'm just thinking of the cards that came in and how strong it was. And it's like it just improves a little bit, probably uses a battle and continues along its day. White aggro. I don't believe that's a tier one archetype in standard right now, though. Is, white. It, is it out of tier one? Yeah, it's it's just white. Are you talking soldiers? Yeah. Well, that's blue white. Oh, it got blue in it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need blue for the two three guy that uh, oh, draws cards. But it's like next to zero blue in the deck. Yeah, yeah. They've moved most of it. It's it's almost mono white. I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it got any. It's got the the vampire soldier, if it, if it wants it to draw cards off siege veterans, but. Like, that's the only mini combo that you get. And do you really want that more than Resolute Reinforcements or Zephyr Sentinels, both of which have Flash, one of which gives you more tokens, the other one saves creatures? Ah, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one to say. Maybe there's a bunch of Soldier Knights. I don't know. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about just, like, updating Tier 1 archetypes, uh, Esper Legends gets Rona, and that's a huge upgrade from Ludovic. And... Maybe Rakdos Reanimator plays the new Shieldred on top of the old Shieldred because you can, and it's still strong as fuck, and people seem to keep forgetting that. Like, we already saw what happens with Vorinclex when you get to a board stall. That was so ridiculous. And that's going to be we'll all of them. That a bit. But yeah. that's going to be are, like... These are cards that, like, people haven't even played with yet. I'm sorry, but you should probably say what they do. Okay, okay. I know Vorinclex has lots and lots of fucking words on it. But. Re really, what I'm trying to say here, more so than just what Vorinclex does, is that these Praetors, if allowed to, run away with games quickly. They, ha they all snowball on the back end when they turn into sagas in some form or another. And what I thought was going to be difficult uh, for activating them turned out to be way easier than expected. So that's why I'm looking at all of them and saying, okay, so Shieldred, a five drop that edicts on impact. So no matter what, you're getting value on impact, four or five menace, big butt, not going to die fast. Fantastic. It's a five drop, which means it comes right after the four drop Shieldred they have to kill. And when it flips, I, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but I know it ends with, I get all the creatures in all the graveyards. <laughs> which seems really fucking good on the back end. So that's that's something I could see hitting Rakdos, Grixis, whether it's Reanimator or even not Reanimator. Maybe that's the card that finally allows uh, Atraxa to not have to be played by you because you can get their Atraxas now pretty easily. <laughs> so why bother running your own? Because you don't need their Atraxas, but you will take them if they have them. 
that's the matchup I want to see in the future. The attracts the decks where both of them side out all their attractses right. to try and gain advantage. Just keep their cruelty of Gixes and they're like, we'll just take theirs. And we have Shieldreds and cruelty. Why would we play Atraxa? They have Atraxes. I could see that game. And then it turns into like Shieldred or Shieldred on cruelties. One thing that stood out to me is that the battles are pretty good. They're seeming kind of kind of interesting. The battles are pretty good. And they're they're like a mid-range wet dream because they allow you to take you cast them you get some value no matter what they are and then the rest of the value is stored over here under somewhere between four and seven damage yeah and mid-range decks there's so many times that you could swing for that much easily but you say ah well you know resources are such and i should leave back blockers and so forth but if i'm Swinging not against my opponent's life total, but against a battle for four. And it gives me a creature. Well, I'll just block with that one. It, it's, it's like this weird way to turn combat damage that in, in a lot of mid-range matchups can be superfluous at given points of the game into card advantage. You know, like if I'm junding you, for example, and I take you from 18 life to 13, in the grand scheme of the game, that's probably not going to matter. Because when I win with my jund deck or my jund style deck, it's going to be, like, the life total will be an incidental aspect of it. It's because I overwhelmed the board. Right. So being able to take, you know, these, these handfuls of damage here and there that you could get, but out of, you know, being conservative and being a good Jun player and reducing the board state as much as possible, you know, like the, what is it, the common denominator sort of thing? Tidy up. Reducing your fractions sure. so that you've just got the bigger number. It's just another way to do that. And instead of some of the conservative calls of not attacking but just blocking, you're now making it by investing that damage into more permanence. And sometimes it's so good of a flip thing that your opponent would try to kill your creature just to stop you killing to get a different creature that's actually better. That's an interesting aspect as well, too, because <laughs> it, it, it in some instances would force removal in places where opponents don't want to do it. Huh? And and all kinds of creatures that are, you know, like value-driving creatures yeah. that don't necessarily pose a huge threat to an opponent's life total are now a big fucking like, deal This, this creature was going to get four damage out of it, maybe, and that's hoping my opponent plays nothing bigger for six turns. So I can exchange that four maybe damage for guaranteeing a piece of their removal and that there's a threat on the board. And Oh, yeah, yep, battle's good. Well, Tenacious <laughs> Underdog, for example, swinging is like half of most of these battles or yep. more than half. Of most of these battles <laughs> and tenacious underdog is not the kind of card you want to point your removal at yes same with razor lash transmogrant currently the mirror breaker for grixis mm. is also incidentally great against battles you don't want to point removal at that thing it's just coming back bigger right um i i guess i'll start by saying props to wizards i didn't know if they would make something that i hated you know what i mean with a whole new archetype of card and i think they nailed it honestly nothing feels broken <laughs> about the battles but they all play a role in adding complexity to the game state in a fun way. And not like mousetrap shit, because you can fucking ignore battles. You don't have to play into them. But they add more depth. Like, you're right, mid-range wet dream. I think the ones, the battles that are focused towards aggro have not been amazing. The ones that are focused towards the mid-range with decent effects and who cares as much about the backside of it, those are the ones I'm most interested in because we got good ones in red and green. And uh, black. There's a four four mana black one that's basically just a an nice. exile. Right. 
But we, we got 13, 13. really decent battles uh, in Gruul and in Rakdos at two mana. Those both look like they're going to be excellent because the backside is kind of just like an incidental creature. It's not that great, but the front side is excellent. You know, in the Rakdos, you get the, uh, they have to edict when it hits for two mana. It's red, black, edicts. Kind of. So it, it's going to edict them for a creature or an artifact. Mm -hmm. mm. So if they've got blood, who cares? Gotcha. <laughs> or if they've got a mite, who cares? Gotcha. So I'm I'm a bit more skeptical of the red one. I really like the two mana green one. I don't remember what it's called. Invasion of something. Invasion of your mom. Um, <laughs> and invasion of your mom is green in one, and it comes down, and you look at the top, I don't know, five or something, however many fingers you can get up in your mom. And <laughs> from that, you, you get a permanent card that you put in your hand and then it's a battle with some amount but it flips into a 4-3 trample that's indestructible if you cast a spell that turn mm. so it, it lets you kind of find what you need to set up for your subsequent turns which can be removal because some of these battles are removal sure sure and it it has this this creature just lurking here on the side for when everything gets swept board gets cleared things get dealt with your hand gets discarded whatever it's just a really cool way to to hide value on the battlefield, sort of like the Vessel of Nascency with Liliana. Sure. Where it's it's a card that you will have in your hand later, but it's hidden on the battlefield so Liliana can't fuck it out of your hand. That makes sense, And yeah. these battles do the same kind of thing. They take a certain amount of value, and instead of parking it in your hand, they park it on the battlefield. And, like, I, I guess opponents could Maelstrom pulse them if we have such a card and it's just like exile them, but... It's a weird kicker. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like Planeswalker enchantments, but you yeah. want them to die, you know? Hmm. But it does it does cause a really interesting thing. Well, I, I hope it does. If battles prove good and they keep doing battles... Keep in mind, these are just sieges. Yeah. So we, we, we have... But if this just as a type of card people play becomes a whole thing bigger, spells that sweep that deal damage go up in value. Yeah. That's, it, that's interesting that those things are like, this deals damage to all permanents or this or whatever you know yeah that that does go up in value if you get a an effect like that there's no cards that are written like that but i'm wondering is, i was wondering if there's going to be like a rata to any of these older cards like this includes battles i doubt it i doubt it because that would fundamentally recalibrate them you know like we did that with the planeswalker stuff and i don't know maybe they would but that's it, it's so much easier for them to just explore new design space you know, like the idea of Lightning Bolt, once they changed how Planeswalker damage was, because it used to be you couldn't target the Planeswalker, you targeted the right. player and redirected to the Planeswalker. Right. And so Lightning Bolt was errated from target creature or player to any target. Right. And the question was, what if someone wanted to print that Lightning Bolt, instant, red, three damage to target creature or player, exclusive of Planeswalker? Mm. And we did kind of, we got murder that was a version of that, you know, where it's a sorcery and it's a, a creature or a planeswalker. Right. <coughs> what I'm saying is rather than erratas, I think the best way, and, and I hope the way that they're going to choose to deal with this is to just explore the new design space. They probably will. And have some sweepers that'll just hit battles and planeswalkers or just hit creatures and planeswalkers or just, I mean, we have that already, creatures and battles and leave the planeswalkers alone. Yeah. They've got room to move and they should use it because, I mean, this is what the second new archetype or mechanic, you know what I mean? Like in how many years since Walkers, basically? Since Lorwyn. Mm. So that's one, what, 10 years ago? A little more than? Ooh, a little more. A little more. A little more. Right. So they, they, 
probably going to try and milk this one for a while before they have to come up with a whole new archetype of permanent. I think there's a lot to be done with it, and it's smart that these are battle hyphen siege. Right. So that there's other right. other ways to do battles. And I especially since they chose sieges, I do now fully expect to see battles in the Lord of the Rings set. Oh my god, yes. Yes. I, I hope they come and do that correctly because that would be wonderful. And probably subsequent sets too. These because you're right, I, I think they're balanced. I think they're well designed and they're interesting. And I'm betting L O T R is gonna have a sequel. <laughs> oh God. I, I hope just... it has like a lot of sequels. <laughs> the Silmarillion's coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Silmarillion could be a whole block. That would be awesome. Actually, they could just like merchandise the Silmarillion for the next decade. Is it uh, yeah. later this year? Or is it uh, toward next year early that uh, we get the next Lord of the Rings movie? Oh, dude, I, don't I, know. I, I heard oh, they're doing I'll a. I'll find out when it's out. I'll see it then. I heard they're doing the Harry Potter TV thing, though. The what? Apparently, uh, there's. I don't, again, not confirmed, heard it through TikTok, but uh, they're apparently re doing Harry Potter as a TV show from scratch. No way. No, yeah, they, no they were going to make a sequel or something, and one of the actors, maybe Emma Watson or whoever, didn't want it, said, this sucks, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and uh, so it's going to be rebooted. Right. I, I don't even know where to think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's already people protesting the uh, Alan Rickman being replaced, essentially. Oh, I, no, I'm cool with it occurring. It's just... It just finished. I know, right? Like, this is a bit early <laughs> let's, to reboot. It. Let's reboot this two is, years after it's over. <laughs> we've, we've, we're how, let's see, where do it see? Uh, it ended in what, 2007? No, not seven. 12? Well, then we got the Fantastic Beasts and all that. Are we even had a decade since the original Harry Potter's ended. I don't even remember. We're close. Yes, we're more than a decade. Okay. We're more than a decade. Either way. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I, Somewhere yeah. probably less than 15 years, and they're rebooting the series. Like, we, we didn't realize that we could do 58 times the size of these movies in length if we just do a bunch of episodes. Guys, Ooh. guys, there's wizards. They can have a multiverse, too. Let's do it. Harry Potter, multiverse. Oh, man. Ding. That's just, the TV show. Oh, it's, no. It's kind of hilarious that they've just conceded that Joan can't actually deal with the consequences of her own writing. <laughs> True. True. Wow. Uh, and because you know the writer is still alive i i'm sure there was a push for people like what if you just wrote more though because right. like they had kids and i've never been really that into potter world but I've, I've had all these things that people have mentioned of like this and that between the movies kind of contradicting not working creating not plot questions you know like somehow palpatine returned you know somehow mm -hmm. he fucking did that happens right but like things that are literal contradictions and, and cannot make sense within the rules of the, of the universe itself. Right. Like the elder wand. I remember that being quite a problem where it didn't even follow the rules of its own universe. Yep. Cause it's kind of like the dark saber that way. It's right. A little messy. Um, <laughs> but, but Harry Potter apparently is, is riddled with these problems. Oh man. Yeah. And, There's so many. And that's, that's the issue with, trying to make more is that the writing and plotting is actually so fucking terrible that there's no way to do it despite the author still being alive and the way that she's chosen to deal with those consequences is write prequels that make everything apparently make less sense yep so if they could always do this shh, no but it came after but it happens before sorry more problems 
I, I think that I'd be really cool if they took the series and completely ditched the books. Like, or you're going to use this as the, as the skeleton, but we're, we're, we're going to flesh this way, way out. Maybe gonna, we'll get really lucky and we'll get the fanfic one. Oh, that would HPMOR methods of rationality. That right. If we got that as the TV show, I'm fucking in the most polarizing <laughs> Harry Potter book is a fanfic book. That is 122 chapters. Like, I'm in for that. Just skin it by putting different words. fucking names on it and putting it out like something else. I mean, the one thing I'll miss is uh, Daniel Radcliffe is a tremendous actor, and they not he's him under a place. He'd, he'd, he'd appear in some. Like I've seen all. I, I thought he was just like Harry Potter, and then I watched some of his shit as I got older. I'm like, no, you're like really good. He's Fuck. really good. <laughs> he's really good. I'm kind of curious whether he would in, be involved in it anyway. I don't know like what the score was with it, whether he was going to get on board for sequels or if maybe he was the holdout. I don't know. Maybe. But maybe. <laughs> anyway, enough about Harry Potter world because the Mandalorian just made the sequels not shitty to me, at least with the latest episode. Yep. They've been getting there. They've been they've been doing the work of the Clone Wars. They really have like the. I don't know if I don't know if everybody's seen it. That's sitting I mean, here. I, I've, I've, I've seen, seen it. it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fuck yeah. Operation so. Necromancer. There you go. Somehow. Yep. We we figured it out. We also figured out where Huck starts and where all of these people play in with Thrawn. That's actually his father. Oh, is it? That's his father. No shit. So okay. his his father was in the Empire. I can't remember the name of the senior Hux. Right. But the because you're thinking of the First Order Hux. Right, who shows up in the latest by, episode? Uh, Damal Gleason or something. Yep. Um. So he's he's the son of an imperial uh, officer who yes. was part of you know like the remnants and the empire itself. Right. Right. Either way, I mean, at this point, point, Hux is is like a teenager. Yeah. General Hux of the First Order is a teenager. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, sure, maybe 20. It's kind of hard to tell how old that character's supposed to be. But you get to see his dad, so you understand where it's going. Right. And regardless, like, goddamn, that explains so much shit I was curious about forever. Like, now we understand what Thrawn means to the Empire and why heir to the Empire is a thing. Because you see all these people, like, as long as he's coming back, I guess we'll just chill. That was it fantastic. Was, it was cool seeing that that uh, meeting between the different imperial remnant like sector warlords or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they all had different ranks, and Gideon's the only moth there, but they more or less seem to be addressing each other as equals. Yeah, which was kind of weird since the the imperial hierarchies we've seen is normally super strict, but kind of shows you how crazy it is. Yeah, and the fact that they all rule a separate sector as a warlord kind of gives them equality, probably. Yeah, but like the some of the interplay with Gideon challenging this this status quo of sit on our thumbs and wait for Thrawn, and some of them just looking so fucking excited to see conflict happening. <laughs> these, yeah, really these are the people who are working very, very hard to bring back Darth Sidious. <laughs> they love their jobs. They fucking love them. <laughs> Wake up, think about the Death Star. Go to bed, think about the Death Star. Wake up, kill a planet, wake up. Yeah, just, just like a little bit of infighting Runner's and conflict, PC, and they're like getting up. fucking hard and wet all over the place. <laughs> I'm going to torture people from dawn to dusk. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't want to give fucking... Bring in the Imperial probe. They don't want to give Gideon any resources until he tells them it's for a genocide, and then they all just get harder and wetter, and they're yeah, like, okay. yeah, give him everything yeah, he needs. Give, we understand you now. <laughs> Oh man, and what a fucking end for Paz Vizla. Yeah. That Holy was awesome. shit, what a baller. Fucking rocks out and 
was that was over a platoon's worth of fucking troopers he went up against. Yeah, he's, he soloed quite a lot of <laughs> uh, bow mando stormtroopers. Yeah, because his armor's just like, hey, you can't any shots at me are dumb. You stop shooting. Yeah, he's like the, the, so you know that's John Favreau, right? Not in the suit, but the voice. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, he's past visit. He was uh, all the Vizslas that have been voiced. Nice. Um, when whenever they do Tar Vizsla, I'm sure if John Favreau's still around, he'll be Tar Vizsla's voice as well. Fuck yeah. Um. But, like, having having the Imperial Guard show up and actually fucking do something on screen was sick. Yeah. Yeah. They do, th- they do things. It's, they don't just get beat up. I mean, like, we got to see Snoke's guard, but that wasn't the same they got beat up. Imperial Guard. <laughs> right. I mean, right. That, that was a tough fight, but, like, sure. Kylo Ren's not good at, at lightsabers. <laughs> and he's he can, straight up not good can, at lightsabers. He can brute force the shit out of things, though. Yeah, he's fucking tough, but fuck, he sucks at lightsabers. He, he's the linebacker of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> but he's probably got enough crazy force thing. He could probably rip someone's sword from their hand. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's sneaky, too. Yeah. I mean, he's really sneaky. And that's why he's a fucking linebacker. Actually, that's, that's part of this part of, you know, how he survived and won that fight, too, and he gets, like, one of the lightsabers tossed him and just turns it on real quick and, like, basically uses it as a gun. Oh, right. <laughs> or, like, deactivating and reactivating and that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much a swordsman as a technology user. He was a lot sneakier than the other Jedi. That's for sure. But it, it just kind of felt like those Imperial Guards, that it was like a different, they weren't Imperial, it was a different thing. Oh, the Praetorian Guard? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're wearing red and they had the weird kind of weapons and shit, but like we never got to see the Red Guard, the old Red Guard. Yeah, the old Red Guard was a different thing entirely. Yeah. Now we kind of got, maybe? There's, there's yeah, there's like a lot in, <laughs> in comics and in some of the novels that addresses the Red Guard and oh. their role. They're supposed to be kind of kick-ass. Yeah, so they're they're like fanatically devoted to Darth Sidious, and they're like commandos, and they're to some degree force sensitive, but not enough that it would be developed. Gotcha. They're put through like some crazy suicide program. It's sort of like in Dune, the Emperor's guys, the Sadakar. Mm-hmm. They're like Sadakar. Interesting. Their their allegiance isn't monetary or political. It's like religious. Damn. There's um. A canon novel that substantially involves Sidious, Vader, and a few members of the Red Guard getting temporarily stranded on Ryloth. Okay. And at multiple different points, Vader's disagreeing with Sidious on things, and the guards are just at, at, at the drop of that lining up to take on Vader. Jesus. Yes. And, like, that's part of the point of the guards that are in Vader's back to room. They're not there to protect him necessarily. They're there as a constant threat. To remind him. Right. Damn. They're there to watch him. They don't serve him. And they disregard his orders on numerous occasions. (laughs) Or like, just don't do it until Sidious is like, no, do it, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Gotta check with mom first every time. Yeah, they're supposed to be super badasses, and it was cool to see Paz Vizsla just fucking solo all of these, you know, what made the rest of the Mandalorians retreat. (laughs) Right. And make Gideon fucking go hide somewhere. Yeah, Gideon's like, go, fuck get, this. Get the red guys, you know. <laughs> Not dying for this <laughs> bullshit. I thought the trap would work. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I got he the impression that if he was fresh and he could take him one-on-one, he could beat him one-on-one. But yeah. he wasn't fresh and there were three of them and they worked together really well and they took him down real fast. Which is how it has to be in that, yeah. You can't give him time. Time 
he probably would have won those. But I, damn, I like they were good at what they did. The choreography was dope as shit, though. Just yes. like how fast it was and how well organized they were together. Oh, precise all the way through. It, yeah. it, it, yeah, it was filmed like definitely a you know, death dance. It was very yeah. movement worked. And then the turn of the, the camera was like a pirouette to the side. And like, all right, good. That's nice work. <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking Mandalorian's destroyed. That's this of all the Harry Potter things. I'm, I'm just going to wonder like how much of a give a shit is going to be left. Not for me. When there's, I, I don't know, like there's, there's, there's people that carry for a variety of nostalgic reasons, but in terms of stuff that's coming out, they've dropped movies for a while and they've been bad movies. The ones uh, Johnny Depp was in and then not in abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. The fantastic beasts thing. They were building up to a scenario that I was very interested in with Johnny Depp as Voldemort or not Voldemort. Sorry. Uh, is that one guy. Grindelwald. Grindelwald. And he actually looked like the third movie was going to redeem all of it with him as Grindelwald. The third movie had a chance to maybe be good because I, I did see like the first one out of curiosity. I saw the second one because I knew Johnny Depp was in it. Right. And, you know, like he popped up at the end of the first one. You're like, man, I wish that character was more important. Right. And then the, ne the next one was supposed to be all about him. And it, like those scenes were good, but the rest of the movie fucking sucked. <laughs> and then the third one was really supposed to be all about him. Right. And, and he wasn't got in it. fucking Mads Mikkelsen, which great. Mads, Mads Mikkelsen is amazing. He's a great actor. Should have cast him in the fucking first place, guys. Right. And like, what, what's the deal? They got Ezra Miller in there. Right. J.K. Rowling is the one who's the, the fucking writer behind all this. But Johnny Depp was too toxic for the franchise. Like, hold up. Oh, Johnny Depp uh, was too toxic for the franchise. Well, I, it, I don't know. It's nonsense. Well, and then there's that too. There's all the toxicity around it. It's the stupidest thing I amber heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was good. Like Ezra Miller's a big laughing. problem for fucking DC. And JK Rowling is always going to be a problem for the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. Cause she just keeps saying worse things and louder. Yeah. She's like white girl, Kanye. No, she's reading up on Rush Limbaugh politics. It's kind of like white, yeah, that's, white that's girl Kanye. Old school, old school reference. <laughs> you know, it's even worse considering she's not even American. Oh, yeah. You know, like I expect <laughs> Americans to be really, really shitty at this point. <laughs> like she's an American level of shitty. She would be considered incredibly shitty for an American. <laughs> she'd be a perfect Floridian. Oh, no, she'd probably, she'd probably be about par for the course in Florida, actually. <laughs> um, or maybe Tennessee. That's Tennessee seems to be where it's getting real, real hairy lately. Oh, but. man. The reinstatement, though? Fuck yeah. Yeah, there's, there's pieces of it. Oh, but there's, the speech. It's, it's a good fight. It's a good fight, and I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad that people are kind of aware of it. That dude can fucking speak. It's been fun just listening to the speeches he gives. Both of them. I mean, just goddamn eloquent. Yeah, the, the cat's really coming out of the bag in Tennessee. And I'm, I'm glad that they haven't banned TikTok yet so that some people can be aware of it. Right? Fuck. That, that is actually becoming swiftly my fear with TikTok is that it's all just political no matter what and that it's going to happen because of that. Because, you know. It is just political. At the, I mean, at the start, <laughs> you're sitting there like, okay, maybe there is a military blah, blah, blah. Seems stupid, but, uh, you know, just whatever. We'll... Keep it out of government buildings. Fine. But it just keeps getting elevated. And now we're at... They're not, what they're not telling us is they're being heroes because if TikTok continues, it will use small triangulation points to form a larger triangle, larger and larger, so that the Chinese can pinpoint bombs anywhere and on any person in the United States through the network that we've created for them. 
That's my conspiracy theory for the evening. You're welcome. Fantastic. Goddamn death can't come quickly enough in this country. I, I think it's just that people are in communication with each other, connecting with each other, and not feeling as alone. And that's that's definitely bad. Yeah, it's for the you know international power structure. Look, I'm making a conspiracy. You're you're just talking the true dark shit that's going on. That's right, just scary right. Stuff, I mean, you're talking like a large group of a large group of people that are making decisions that influence everybody. Let's make their life. And they worse. they see the world as us versus them, and they just really don't want the rest of us to see it that way too. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's 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 wild at the amount of news that stopped. Let me tell you about some news from yeah, Iowa that's, that's insane. Weird. Okay. Kim Reynolds, our governor. Yeah. is a plaintiff in some abortion, I think the fetal heart bill case that's in the Iowa Supreme Court. Jesus. Um, whatever. Procedurally, that, that doesn't really matter so much. I mean, it's gross, she's gross, whatever. But before the Iowa Supreme Court is going to be hearing the oral arguments on the case in which the governor, Kim Reynolds, is a plaintiff regarding shutting down abortion rights, which is her goal. Right. She has the state troopers parade her through the private, secured offices of the Supreme Court on the way in. Wow. They're not supposed to do that. Now, because they're the, they're the state patrol, they have, you know, building access and shit like that. But I, I guess, you know, people who don't know that much about the legal system, you might say, like, so what? So she took the back door. But you got to understand, if you were to ever visit that place, those are, like, one, kind of like, really sacrosanct places. I saw it on a tour. I met some of these justices on a tour. And these are, for the most part, however you want to slice up their, their political ideologies, these are quiet nerds. Right. These are quiet nerds who live peaceful, quiet lives, reading books and thinking really hard, mustardy thoughts. Right. Um, for good or ill. That's basically what a lot of them are. And that, that area back there kept private is there to insulate them not just from the public, but from political influence. That's part of the point of the court at all. Mm. And Reynolds fucking dog walking the, the state troopers through there is absolutely like walking into their house and fucking breaking everything. Right. Just I mean, this for, isn't your safe space yeah, anymore. On a political level, that's, this is my house, not yours. Right. And what, what that, it was totally illegal. And there's a certain amount of nuance to expressing that, you know, like I couldn't say it all in like one second and have it be comprehensible. Right. But I wouldn't have heard about it unless somebody had emailed me about it that was there. Jesus. And I'm betting neither you'd heard about it. No. No. And we live in this state. Wow. Not two hours from where it happened. <laughs> and uh, everybody here is in one way or another connected to the judicial system or has been at different points. Sure. Um. And I, I don't know, man, like that's, that's the governor basically going in and just fucking snatching their lunch and calling them fucking punks and giving them wedgies. That's the equivalent of what she just did. Jesus. As she's, uh, as they're supposed to be hearing oral, oral arguments in a case to which she is a party. Iowa, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it's just a tactic. It's like, man, I, I knew she was bad, but she keeps it. Impressing upon me how much worse she could be. No, that's authoritarian. That's that's, that's brand, fascist. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's Brandstad's I mean, doctrine right there. That's where she learned that shit. Brandstad ever could have been. Yes. Oh, she's worse because Brandstad. <laughs> far worse. Brandstad. Brandstash could be reasoned with. Brandstash was only a Republican. Yeah. Right. There was there was not. 
He wasn't just a, a fascist. greedy, corrupt Republican. You talk about being in bed with fucking China. Look at Terry Branstead. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, Is he I'm still the ambassador Google there? It. I probably. I know he was for a while. <laughs> that was like the last post but when yeah, he decided he was, to be he done. Was just, he was just another corrupt politician. Right. That could, you know, more or less keep shit running while he pocketed as much money for him and his idiots as possible. He'd smile and he had a mustache. It wins. Yeah. It's like selling used cars. Yeah. <laughs> he was the used car salesman we couldn't get rid of. He went to parades. He shook the hands. Shit, I met him when I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather was working on one of his campaigns and took me out to meet the governor. You know, I'm a fucking little kid and I'm at the governor's mansion with a bunch of other kids running around eating cake and ice cream. <laughs> Meeting the governor. The governor who, who continued to be the governor when I was in graduate school. Jesus. I mean, consider, consider like the hearts and minds strategy of that. Of all these kids from all over Iowa, that this guy had a long view. He had these parties, you know, he did all, mm. he made sure that kids liked him because mm. he stuck around a long mm. time. He holds the record for the most, uh, longest amount of time as governor. And that record will probably never be broken. He also never lost an election either. Yep, never in his entire life lost. Like, I remember that. That was the, the only politician ever to be able to say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that dude did nothing but W's all the way through for himself. He was a tax feeder his entire adult life. Yeah. And you know what? That wasn't, I'm not going to say that was acceptable, but that was manageable. But no, no, no. Reynolds is just a fascist. And it's going to get worse. That's Iowa. You know, I guess that's why we got to fucking talk about this kind of shit sometimes on a magic podcast. <laughs> right. You know, like I really wish that I didn't feel the need to ever talk about this kind of shit on a fucking magic podcast. But Jesus Christ. This is every state everywhere, basically. Like Minnesota is a safe, like a trans safe haven right now. Yeah. Right now. But um, they're and, and I was doing this as well. Rolling back child labor laws. Yep, I saw that. Which, you know, is going to lead to more traffic children. And this is going to target, you know, indigenous kids. This is going to tar target kids that are immigrating here. This is going to target people of color. Of course. Hey, um, well, you got to ensure that fewer people are graduating now, don't you? Take your GED, get out of there and start your job. You're 15 years old. You should already be supplying and riding for the table. Earlier this month, a woman in Texas gave birth to a baby that was missing part of its skull and brain that uh, doctors knew would die. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, and, and the law said she had to. Yep. So she had to go another five months with her baby bump and everyone talking to her and all that shit to give birth to a child that was absolutely going to die and did. Jesus. Because that's what the laws are in Texas. Like, Yeah, it's a cool new set, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that are really not cool, man. <laughs> And that's why we called this the dark stream, not the magic stream. Yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, if 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 this if people it's were more widely stories. aware of it, I wouldn't feel like we need to talk about it, though. Yeah, but it's it's weird. It's it's like I don't see it until I scroll a little too far, or I listen to one too many podcasts or something, and all of a sudden I hear all this shit. Yeah. And so us too. <laughs> you know, why not? Why not? Yeah. Fucking cringe all you want, bitches. <laughs> We'll say I, as we please. Here, have some death stick. Oh. <laughs> that was dangerous. Yeah, that was all Gucci. You were almost murdered by a death sticks. <laughs> killed by death sticks. That's a motorhead song is killed by death. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can dig it. 
Oh, oh man. Sick. I don't know. New set looks cool, though. It does. It does. I, it's it's nice to be have like some positive things to say about Wizards of the Coast of all entities, right? Hey, I think this was a, uh, seems like a nicely put together set so far. I haven't drafted it yet, so I don't. Uh, it's so far unconstructed. It's seeming interesting. Constructed, it just adds so many weird layers and opportunities. Like Monastery Mentor is such a great card to have in standard. It's never broken in standard, but it's always interesting. We shall see. You know, I've I've gone totally 180 for years and years and years. I wouldn't touch draft, and I just wanted to do constructed. And now, like, yeah, draft is my number one thing. Yeah. And I will play constructed sometimes because I wind up with a bunch of cards and wilds. Hmm. Fair. Which is why I just go back to Jund because I like Jund, and I don't really care if I win with it. If I start losing, I'll just go draft more. Fair. Fair. I don't know. I, I really like where we're seeing the Praetor's position for this. Um, I... I'm very curious if Jingataxis is good. The the Jingataxis Praetor is the one I didn't get to mess with today at you all. You gotta draw a shitload of cards, right? No. No. Jingataxis, oh, in order to transform. Yeah, you yeah. have to have seven in hand, but it basically makes everything you cast as long as you're basing the deck around it and everything's like non-creature spells, everything just draws when you cast. So you can get there pretty quickly. Hmm. And that's, it's also the only one with ward, which makes me intrigued. Yeah, it for the way you'd have to build the deck, it would you'd have to protect it. Yeah. So it should help a little if it's gonna demand that you spend your resources protecting it and yet also have seven cards in hand. Right. I can't tell if that one's gonna be good. I'm, it, that doesn't seem like it's gonna be worth it. I'm I'm damn sure that the shield rit's good, and I'm pretty damn sure Elish and Vorinclex are playable. Uh Urabrask is also super narrow. But that Boros Tokens thing, if ever there were a deck that Urbrosk could enable, it's that fucking deck. Now what does Urbrosk do again? So whenever, it's a 4-4 four, four first strike for 2 red-red. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, deal 1 damage to your opponent and add a red to your mana pool. If you play 3, um, I think you get to just pay 2 friction life for a red and flip it. And I don't remember the backside, but I know it's really fucking good. <laughs> I just remember reading it and going, that's going to be hard to flip. Here, oh, fuck. It must be. You don't remember any of it. Um, I remember the first one. So, forget it. This, this, is, this is a pretty is hot amazing. take on the Praetors, but here's my prediction for how they're going to work. Mm. If they're good enough on the front side, they're going to be amazing cards. Vorin clicks. If they're not good enough on the front side, ultimately they're not going to see play. They might Probably be like a one-of in a sideboard here or there, like a one-of in a deck maybe, but we have so much great shit up the curve yep. all over the place. I'll take it a step further. I think that's not just Praetors. I think that's the exact same formula for battles. If it's good enough on the front side, I it'll agree. see play. I agree. Although this, my standard is a no, little a bit lower combo. for that because the battles have the unique thing of like you want them to die. So the battle existing by itself on the battlefield is a resource that you can tap into later. If uh, you play Vorinclex and you get your two lands and they kill Vorinclex, that's it. It's done. Hmm. But if you play one of these battles and it gives you a token or a treasure token, you use your treasure token, there's still resources to be extracted from the battle that's still in play. Mm. So, like, for example, that, that uh, invasion of your mom that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, the green one. Five fingers. Yeah. Five finger green invasion. I would, not, I would not pay the mana cost for that effect by itself at two mana. Mm. It's kind of close, but... It's kind of like a greens sorcery speed impulse, sort of. 
Reminds me of commune with nature, but one more and it's battle now. Right, right. So like it's it's not good enough, but it's kind of close. But what it turns into is really fucking good. Right. And this is for two mana. Right. That we got to consider that. So I, I think it's a little more nuanced with the battles. But some of them, yeah, yeah, like the black one. I think it's invasion of uh your mom's ass. That's the wrath. Yeah, no, that kills creatures. Well, minus the wrath 13, does too. Mi yeah, the minus thirteen, minus thirteen. Oh, Innistrad for that. Yeah, turns into an enchantment that's okay. Yeah, right. It's, well, it's like you know what this does later in the game. Oh, I have a win con. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> this it's, is a it's control not great, card, but it's it's okay. I sure do snowball if you get me. It's it's a it's a fine one of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a lot of the invasions though. It's it's can you snowball a game? That's what you're trying to do with invasions. Get a little value on the front end and then snowball later in the game when you start to get ahead. Zibato. So. Zibato for his soul. So I, I don't know. I like that. I like what we're seeing with the tokens deck. I mean, Monastery Mentor in that tokens deck with Urabrosk, I'm very intrigued to play more of the Boros tokens list and actually see if it's viable. I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of, as soon as this is full release, we're going to see a lot of Boros tokens. I think we're also going to see a lot of uh, mono green. I don't, I think most people realize that green just got some amazing tools and it's kind of hard to miss them. So, My issue. I mean, there's, yeah. Woof. There's there, quite a few spectacular green cards in this set. I'm kind of curious about uh, Pelucranos and the tribute for Explorer. So mono green devotion gets to bump up pretty hard there. I'm I'm wondering if it switches over to in the Explorer one being a stompy deck that incidentally because you get old growth and Pelucranos and some tributes. There's lots of other things. Yeah, you just there's plenty of slots that you can have for all of the little tips. And if you have guys that transform, that deck now just got a later game. I don't know. Yeah, Pelucranos really going big goes bigger. Yeah, I mean Pelucranos really did add a lot. It, it is kind of interesting that this standard is asking that question of like how big of a game can magic become right because prior to this set i think the, the answer was was pretty much atraxa everybody was crawling because that's the answer in vintage right what's like the biggest one of thing that you can do the most impactful card that you can get on the board it's atraxa right. in any format one set later that's not true in standard <laughs> What do you think is the biggest game? We're going to have to fucking find out. Probably one of the Praetors. Um, My guess is Shieldred. Of all of them. Vorinclex is above and beyond better than all of them. Most definitely. Looks like we're going to have to find out. <laughs> I'm just going to go with not Jingataxis. <laughs> I think that's a very safe one. I like that. I like that uh, move. I probably like not Urabrask. I don't know what it does, but I know that it has two red pips in its cost, and it's hard to make red cards give you good value. If like it's, the stuff that supports red value typically isn't very good at supporting yeah, value, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're burned. So it's if like, nothing can trips, you know. If or, Well, we did get the new Reckless Impulse. There are two different Reckless Impulses in Standard right now, both of which combo with Urabrask really well. Yeah, Urabrask, like red card advantage is seeing its own kind of design happening and gone. it's gone in recent years from, no, that doesn't exist. Right. To, okay, here's Chandra, Torch of Defiance. Sure. To, yeah, the, the red version of card draw, which is we exile some cards and you have a finite window to use them. It's like they're trying to shy red away from being this, I'm all in and burning, baby. Oh, yeah. Woo. 
It oh. is nice to have some <laughs> variety to Red's design, but I, I don't think we're totally fleshed out on that yet, which is why I'm skeptical. My, the beauty of it is with Urobrosk, it turns them into almost mini ancestrals. And you get eight of them. But you got to play eight of them and you might not draw Urobrosk. That's sort of wherein lies the problem. No, no, no. We're fine with that too because the other engines are the prowess. And we like them because all the creatures are prowess based. Like it's Swift Spear, Mentor, and the new uh, Jackal. So you get your one drop, two drop, three drop, all prowess. Then you get a bunch of burn and you get these and a couple of Urobrosk. And this might all fit in the same deck. We'll see. The, the stoke, so far, the, it's the stoke flames go into this. Um, maybe it's a prowess deck. It's hard to say because it doesn't okay. go wide quickly. It's not tokens okay. prowess like that crossover between tokens and prowess only really happened because we had treasure cruise and ascendancy in the same fucking standard. And that was what <laughs> did it. That's very true. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I, okay, I forgot that. And that was the deck I took to the pro tour and started off. Oh, and three. Yeah, how did you do that? Um, step one, don't speak the same language as your opponent. Step two, be too shy to talk to a judge when you don't understand what's happening. That's a that's a bad way to start, and I did that. You not know what what they were playing? They they had all Japanese cards. Oh dear! And uh, it was very foiled. And I was it was my first like instructed match in the pro tour, and they didn't speak the language. I didn't speak the language, and yeah, I had a lot of questions that I never asked because I was just like, oh, I think you I understand what that does. Stop. Was and, not there too. <laughs> yeah, like we we weren't communicating very clearly at all, and. It worked out. He was a very aggressive deck that really enjoyed not communicating clearly. These creatures have Gust Cloak. <laughs> how, how do you know that, that they weren't super nervous and that's how their nervousness was, is trying to over push on things and they just got lucky and had someone who was going for it and that happened with you. Like, you're no idea. Both on the extremes of we'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. We could know. I, I don't know the world. A second different multiverse, maybe. But, eh, you know, it was quite the deck and it was a lot of fun. And when it worked, my God, was it a, just busted. So, yeah. Boros Token's probably a shittier version of that, but possibly an interesting one. Uh, my guess is, again, we have to find something that beats the engine that is Fables and Blood Tithe Harvesters. Right, that's, that's kind of what's in the back of my mind through all these conversations. Of We can see what synergies work well together, but we can't see how good they are until we you know put down the new toys and play them against the real decks. Yeah. Which is why mostly I start with updating the real decks, and then I start seeing if there's a weird bystander. Although it is, no. it is cool to have this this sort of thing where, I mean, yeah, you could do that, but the, the they hand it to streamers yeah. sort of incentivizes you not to, because who who fucking wants to watch that? Like, hey, everybody's got their their loose, untuned decks. I'm just gonna play Grixis and Standard and fucking roll everyone. <laughs> no, you know, it, it, it'd be like if they let any one of like they brought back the JSS and they let like one grown ass player in. <laughs> <laughs> one i like that but two uh that's just because i think that's hilarious like all the kids brawl. are just crying and getting it's blown a, out it's a brawl man how many how many kids is the it only people that would you? really like genuinely enjoy watching that tournament are just people that want to watch dreams be destroyed <laughs> and, and i think it's like the same thing if you try and stream a tier one standard deck when everybody's on fuck around and find out day well bright said that early access has unlimited drafts so oh you can draft on it yeah oh yeah oh, dope. draft and sealed unlimited nice. unlimited and we have it for a while so it, it, i think it, we it, may it, get it. into that a little bit because how, how long do we have that for until the new one comes in i think fucking seriously that's wild so we get like three or four days at least because it comes in next week oh, i thought i thought it was only uh like a thursday friday thing oh maybe it is i don't really read the emails they send <laughs> 
I know that I don't know, man. I know that I've got a cool account for a little while, man. <laughs> I mean, I would assume they'd want as much hype as possible by giving them like four days because it's just free advertising for them. No, it's kind of less hype if there's more access yeah. to it, right? Because then you could you just could tune in any old any, fucking any time. Day. Yeah, who gives a shit? But you get a Only narrow the window, the best and times. you got to make your appointments with it. It has all the streamers, kind of. It, it kind of guarantees that they'll all be there playing. Every too channel doing is pushing it. your product, your product, mm -hmm. your product. And of course, every streamer that's on there is being seen by the audience of whoever they're playing against. Mm. Well, either way, it's going to be fun while it lasts. And yeah, we'll we'll have to figure out how it mashes up against the field. But uh, we know Esper Legends gets minor upgrades. We know Rakdos Reanimator gets minor upgrades with Shieldred. Um, Mono White probably gets some new toys. It can choose to play Mentor if it wants now. It does play a lot of non-creatures. It could play battles. Yeah, I don't think they're... Monastery Mentor and battles. There's no good Ooh. white battles that I've seen. Like mono-white battles. We haven't I actually like the, the one that you kept crapping on that's white and one. And makes... It, it does like the white duress thing where it makes a card in their hand take two turns longer to cast. Which I think that's such a weak scenario. And flips over into uh, an anthem. Sort of Anthem. Uh, you, your creatures get plus one, plus one counters if they attack this turn. And then you can sack it to make them hexproof and destructible. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think there are going to be the possibility for like fast aggro decks where the way that you kill them is a sweeper, basically. That's usually the case. And you can play this card to make the sweeper cost more, and then you can flip it to make it not work. It's yeah. a really good anti-sweeper card for aggro decks that also pushes the clock harder. Okay, I could see that. You'd need a hardcore, like, 16 one-drop white weenie deck, but yes. Not necessarily. You could just have them in your sideboard as a two or three of against a deck that you know is going to solve the problems you present with sweepers. They'll have them in the main. The ones that play Brotherhood's End, they run one in the main at a minimum now. So you may Sure, but you don't know that you're playing them in game one which is why I'm hypothesizing they're in the sideboard because they are not very good in other situations, I think. They're not great in most situations. But yeah, I could see that specific one being great. Yeah. It would be... I could see it possibly being good. Yeah. I, I don't think I could give it a great. There's just... We're, the days of the super sweep control just aren't there in standard right now. And I think in, you know, like Historic or something, I don't think it quite fits. I, I think the white aggro kind of strategy is just too fast to spend two mana. Mm. Soldiers may put a couple in the sideboard. I could see that deck wanting to go that route with well, Thalia. That deck has to go pretty wide. Isn't there a battle right. with the sweeper? Uh, yeah, it's yes. like six mana though. Yeah. There's a six mana one, there's another one that deals like three damage to everything and it's four or five. I don't remember. It's in red. Something like that. Yeah. But so either, that'd, be, that'd be a reason. Right, but I, I could definitely see one or two copies of this battle in the sideboard of soldiers. It could do the job we're talking about because you, you play that, then you play Thalia, and now you've triple time walked. Yeah, it, it, it could be really interesting, and maybe that's probably the better way to look at some of these battles is not like, is this a good card, but what do I use this tool for? What sideboard option does, does this, this provide? What does this do, me? right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you identified the, the Gruel one because that one is, like it comes in, it gives you a treasure, and you can... 
discard, discard a card and draw. To search for a land or discard to draw. I think it's discard and draw. Okay, yeah, and, and then when it when it flips, one of the things that it does when it turns into a creature is that it gives you a chance to discard a card to go search for a land or a battle. Right. So you looked at that and you thought indomitable creation, indomitable yeah. creativity, and explore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> It's a really good tool for that use, and I, I like it there quite a bit too because it can find, I don't know if you want other battles that can do, you know, certain bespoke effects and just have a, a tiny little thing to tutor for or just have another body. Like, I think it's a 3-4, which is a pretty solid threat or blocker. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you just need that. And specifically in a deck that cannot play creatures. So right. you have to kind of come up with cheaty face way to get them on the battlefield. Yeah, which you get to on two two ends, essentially, because you also play man lands, which can unlock these. Mm -hmm. When you get into the mid-game, the number of games I've won with Hall of the Storm Giants is high, very high. I love seeing it tiptoe around. Is it higher than you are patient? <laughs> yes. So good. Still love that, yes. <laughs> I'm higher than you are patient. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> That's like the most badass thing. <laughs> That needs to be in some like Brookheimer. That movie. should be in our merchant shop. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that really is. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's 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 the merch, the death sticks yeah. merch. Yeah, yep. I'm higher than you are patient. Death, death sticks, sticks. <laughs> like in smoke. I'm higher than you are patient. <laughs> Get ready for merch. <laughs> I'm gonna have listeners. to. I'm gonna have to set that up. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You want to buy some death sticks? Merch? Yeah, you know we we've <laughs> talked about we've talked about merch shit before, but like I I never want to do it until there's a fun idea. And this is a fun one. This is a fun idea. Okay. See, see. All right. If you're one of the fifteen-ish people that listen to this, oh, it'll get it'll, ready. It'll gain. People are gonna see this and go. It'll be like the Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> We start putting fur on the collar of t-shirts. Fucking accidentally, <laughs> accidentally create like a fucking viral t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you make your millions? Well, you see. Death sticks, my Death. friend, uh, <laughs> drives to other states periodically and, um, you know, just time. How much did you guys make? About a million dollars. So you're like millionaires? No, no, we just paid off our student loans. <laughs> we definitely are. Do it. We're just at zero now. A wouldn't do it, and it B I will never pay those. I'm yeah, never I paying would never those. Use the money for that. <laughs> Fuck no. No, no. That that money would be pay off house immediately for me. Just be like, all right, we're bunker done. I, I, we did I it. I don't know what I would do with it, and I I wouldn't even bother thinking about what I would do unless that money were literally in my hands yeah, or know. account. But I can tell you for fucking certain sure it wouldn't be handed to the goddamn government. <laughs> Thanks for fucking me over, Uncle Sam. Have some more. <laughs> oh, Marvelous. Yes. Absolutely Marvelous. not. I love it. I love it. For an unsecured debt that will probably it. disappear with future legislation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna sit here and just you roll get, like, those the dice. Rube of all the millennials award. I was just wondering. Sometimes you run into a millennial who's like, I paid all my student loans and I just want to blurt, then you're a fucking idiot. Like, I was just trying to make a joke that, oh, wait, no, around a million dollars probably wouldn't cover all of our loans. No, it combined. would not. It, it easily would not cover the three of us. my own joke. We, we definitely have more than a million between the three of us, yeah. It could, I think it could get any two of us. I'm at 400, last I checked. So no, I think it takes three. Think, yeah, it'll it'll take three. But I don't think any of us three gets there for sure. <laughs> we're we're real close with a couple with two of us. More than a million dollars. We're really close. 
our education is worth a lot more. Can you tell that you. we're a million dollars smart? <laughs> <laughs> Got a million dollars worth of fucking brain power going into this podcast for you motherfuckers. I hope you're enjoying it. Our powers combined, and we're more than a million. Free. A million dollars in education coming at you on yeah. this podcast. Boy, I'm sure happy I talk good. <laughs> <laughs> what does Joe Rogan give you, man? <laughs> Oh, where are those fifty cent dollar words? <laughs> oh man, oh, fucking death sticks. <laughs> anyway, buy the merch when it comes out, my friend. Yeah, yeah, like a million of them, please. <laughs> Hand them to everybody you know. We promise, and we promise to like the core of everything. We would never use that money to pay our student loans. Yeah, fuck no. If anything, it'll be used to pay bail. <laughs> Never loans. I only like where your head's going. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm at in life. <laughs> Sir, how have you suddenly spent all your money on things that can't be returned, exchanged, and that we don't even want to take away from you? How did you do that in under 24 hours? Golden musket, baby. <laughs> One answer. That is how you hide money from the government in bankruptcy. Golden musket. <laughs> can't take it. Thanks, Iowa law. Insane. Uh-huh. You get one musket. They don't have any specifications as what it is. One golden musket that retains a million dollars worth of gold would work. I can see legislation, not legislation, litigation over what a fucking musket is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jesus. If it, if it fires out. one bullet, we win. They don't, they, don't, they don't even fire a bullet. A musket does not fire a bullet. Then we win. <laughs> Wow, there's a ball. Yeah. It fire it, it, it shoots a wad, actually. <laughs> yep, it is true. You have to wad it first. Yeah. You gotta you gotta stuff it and before you shoot the wad. And then it pops that ball right at you. Yeah. I just wish we also had like the law for duels back. So when somebody questioned the validity of my musket, we could duel at dawn with, with muskets. Musket. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was ever legal to duel. Oh, but it sure happened once upon a time. Uh, it's just that, like, the people who did it were always the people who were too rich for the law to apply to them. Also true. Yeah. I think there was a. I think there was something about dueling, but I think it had to be mutually agreed, contractual style that they could. You had it. to bring a doctor too. Each side had to bring their own doctor. Was, right, was, right. This is, this is sounding like rich people shit to me. Yeah, contracts the, and doctors. Because there definitely was dueling as a sport. Right. Well, <laughs> a really weird sport because rich people are insane, apparently. But well, what, you know. what's the greatest game when you're rich, man? I, I was just. And this is yeah, the they could just go to a gay bar, do it that way, and yeah, calm the just fuck about to down. Say, come on. No, but like this is also if the. You're so rich that you got bored with orgies. I don't. I don't know. I don't think the human. No, no, no. But if like the greatest <laughs> game is hunting, man, this is definitely the rich version of that. Where it's like, no, no, no. You go over there, though. I'm not gonna like hunt, hunt you. We're just gonna walk like this, turn around, and go for it. All the laziness. Game. I just want to kill you. All the laziness and hunting man there. I, I I don't think there's like any. Don't forget dueling Spider-Man villain fighting. hunters out there in reality. <laughs> like, Probably not. No. I don't think there's any fucking Teddy Roosevelt, evil Teddy Roosevelt's rolling around. Oh like, man, using big guns to kill even bigger elephants and shit like that. <laughs> And like that's just the that. only way they can get their rocks off. Or... There are still people doing that. 
Yeah, there's the, eight billion people on the planet, but I just picture that most most of them that have the resources to do whatever they want probably do a lot of uh, not things that involve physical labor, patience, and skill. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's mostly drugs, sex, and eating food. Because traveling. Me. Traveling. Now, that's got to be wrong because it'd be a far more peaceful yeah. world if that's you, how they you're, spent you're, their yeah, time. Your description is what you'd want to do. Right. Maybe they just go to war with each other, and that's it. Just no. financial war. See, when you have enough money that sex is not a thing because it's just at your whim, you lose the sex part because you have that much money. Sex is just always yours as you want. Interesting things you can't get that aren't about sex could be something else. Think of your, your super rich levels, you know. You know, maybe that's why they all went out to fucking... Jeffrey Epstein's island because they just needed some new kicks and didn't care anymore. Dark, but probable. Dark. But probable, frankly. Not even possible, just probable. Like they're beyond sociopathic in the first place. And as we've established, bored with any kind of sex that money can buy you in a civilized or uncivilized place. Yeah, his island would have been the spot then. Oof. That was fun. We were watching the first part of Go and. You got to see Rana, who's just straight up a sociopath. Like, just that character is a stone cold. Oof. Yeah, she's, she sucks. <laughs> it's weird that, like, you go into that story and you got the, the drug dealer who's just being kind of an asshole, but, like, you know, you know, minding his P's and Q's. He's being a good drug dealer. Uh -huh. Yeah. But he's coming across as an asshole, especially given that, like, He's got power in this situation. She doesn't. And you're introduced with her as your protagonist for that story. Which is hilarious. So, like, naturally, you're going to be rooting for Rana. But. But, you know, and then, like, you 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 get the chance to because she fools fucking poor man's Kevin Bacon and, like, those two other chodes that are cops and, like, flushes the drugs. Right. And goes back and, like, gets a refund on all the shit. And dude even gives her a chance on the way out the door. Like, hey, I just did you a favor. And she has that moment to be like okay, I'm sorry, I just tried to fuck you. Right. And come clean, because this is somebody that just showed their and humanity. And what did she say instead? And she's like, nah, it's all good. Thanks for hanging out with my friend that I maybe was going to leave here indefinitely. Uh, I think she says, and here I thought you just sucked my dick. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep, and here that, I thought you just, yeah. Yep. Cold. <laughs> yeah, she just decided to take his game and play it even dirtier. Yeah. <laughs> didn't work out. No, but that was totally random that it didn't. Like, do you think he was actually going to shoot her? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think he was. But don't worry. Being as the DVD was worn out enough over all of these years that it stopped at the end of the run. Yeah, I'll, I'll never know what happened in that no, movie, I will I? bought a new one. Yeah, oh, yeah, did we'll, you? We'll, 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 be we'll be continuing. Yeah. Oh. We're, this is established precedent, precedent with Return of the King. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair this enough. Is, this is just what occurred. We're covered. Uh, I found out that there was a 15th anniversary version, so I bought one of those that hadn't been opened before, so this one definitely won't be worn out. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm in for that. Uh, Death Sticks. The movie Go. If you haven't seen it, it's from 1999, and it's really cool. I wouldn't trust the one that's at your local library. That one. <laughs> Just realize that... We sell libraries, those, don't we? Most of those DVDs for Go were probably made between 1999 and... I'm going to be generous and say 2006. And that's still probably stretching it. We still have libraries this year. <laughs> but what about second year? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Libraries there, are video rental stores now. There are, well, there are, there are school libraries in this country that are totally cleared out right now. 
really? because their state legislatures have passed yeah. laws so restrictive that the school looks at it and they're like, the only way to actually comply with this is to remove literally every book. And then you can begin to put things in. Right. And review what's acceptable under yep. the new standards and then book by book put some of them. And, you know, like this is going to appeals courts here and there and these uh, but nobody appeals wants to judges fired. are going like, First Amendment, you fucking idiots, you can't do that. Right. But, you know, that takes a while. And nobody wants to get fired and not be able to pay the bills. Well, this, is, this stuff also has harsh criminal penalties. Yeah. Not fired. Jailed, imprisoned. <laughs> wow. Wow. Darkest timeline. Jesus Christ. Cool set, though. <laughs> yeah. Cool set. Cool set. I'll leave it at that for it's the got day. Battles. That's why we're this direction. It's battles. And in real life, also battles. Lots of battles. Keep fighting. <laughs> so many battles out there. Please fight, yeah. Tennessee. Please fight. Everywhere. Battles. Everywhere. See you later, fuckers. Later. <laughs>